It's Thursday, September 19th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, the House Intelligence Committee and the country's top intelligence official are duking it out over a mysterious whistleblower complaint. Then, protesters against the Russian government have been gaining steam, and the arrest of a film actor there has mobilized even more backlash on stage. And finally, we head to the mall, the National Mall. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about a whistleblower in Washington. Right now, the head of the House Intelligence Committee and the acting director of National Intelligence are in a standoff over a mysterious whistleblower complaint made last month. We don't have many details on what this complaint was about, but the Washington Post is reporting that it has to do with a promise President Trump allegedly made to a foreign leader. But other news outlets are saying the complaint was about more than just one convo Trump had. There is still a lot of unanswered questions surrounding this whole case. So today we're going to get into the legal protections for whistleblowers, why this complaint is getting so much attention, and where things go from here. Let's get into it. Starting with a definition. A whistleblower is any person who alerts a higher-up to wrongdoing at a company or in the government. A few decades ago, Congress decided that whistleblowers should have some cover if they flag any shady actions. So, in 1989, Congress passed the Whistleblower Protection Act to make sure that federal government employees won't face retaliation for whistleblowing. But that law excluded employees who work in the intelligence community. Think FBI, CIA, National Security Agency. Congress said, we don't want to protect you if you leak classified national security information. So, in 1998, Congress passed sort of a fix, the Intelligence Community Whistleblower Protection Act. So people in the intel community could at least blow the whistle to Congress without blowing the lid off classified information. In 2010, Congress created an Intelligence Community Inspector General, or IG, to look into whistleblower complaints coming from within the intel community, which brings us back to the complaint we're hearing a lot about today. Reportedly, a member of the intelligence community heard about something that made them queasy. We don't know what it is, but again, The Washington Post says the whistleblower claimed to say Trump made some kind of promise to a foreign leader during a phone call. They decided something sketchy was going on and filed a complaint. That was last month. The New York Times and CNN cite sources saying the complaint's about more than just one phone call. It's about multiple actions. But what those actions were is still not clear. So... Why is this complaint getting so much attention today? Because now, the head of the House Intelligence Committee, Congressman Adam Schiff, knows about it and wants details. He says that the whistleblower wanted the info to get to Congress. See, by law, the whistleblower's complaint sets off a chain of events. Whistleblowers in the intelligence community have to send their complaint to the IG. Then the IG has to say, yeah, this is a big deal, or not. If it's big, he sends it to the Director of National Intelligence. Schiff says the IG used the words credible and urgent, so he passed it on to the DNI. The DNI is then supposed to forward whistleblower complaints to the House and Senate Intelligence Committees within a week of getting one. But the acting DNI, Joseph McGuire, didn't do that. When the IG realized the complaint wasn't getting run up the flagpole, he apparently went around the DNI. 
and sends a letter directly to those committees. Like, heads up, you should know about this thing. Schiff sent a letter to the DNI, essentially saying, WTF, why didn't you tell us about this? Schiff said he wondered if the complaint was being purposefully concealed. Last Friday, he issued a subpoena telling McGuire, either hand over the complaint or come talk to my committee in a public hearing. So where do we go from here? First, it looks like acting DNI Director McGuire decided to go with door number two. He's expected to testify in a public hearing next Thursday, but the House Intel Committee didn't want to wait for deeds. Today, behind closed doors, they heard from the IG, the guy who went around the DNI. He reportedly didn't share the full contents of the complaint. But according to some reports, he says it wasn't just about one instance. And he wouldn't say if this complaint was even about the president. Committee Chair Schiff spoke after the briefing and said they're still determined to get to the bottom of it. This shows how someone is trying to manipulate the system to keep information about an urgent matter from the Congress. Like we said, there's a lot about this complaint that we don't know, like who made it in the first place, which foreign leader Trump allegedly spoke to, and what he may or may not have promised to that person. But reporters are playing their own version of Guess Who. The Washington Post reports that, according to White House records, Trump had interacted with at least five foreign leaders in the weeks before the complaint, including Russian President Vladimir Putin and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Also in the mix, the prime ministers of Pakistan and the Netherlands and the Emir of Qatar. To be clear, it's normal for presidents to chat with foreign leaders. That's kind of what it means to be president. What's weird is the alleged promise and that the whistleblower's complaint didn't go through the usual channels. This afternoon, CNN is reporting that the White House and the DOJ were apparently involved in the decision to not tell Congress about the complaint. But so far, they're the only ones reporting that. So what's the skim? While Congress tries to get to the bottom of what the complaint is about and why it's taken so long to get to them, Trump is trying to throw water on the whole thing. This morning, he tweeted that the story is fake news and asked, quote, is anybody dumb enough to believe that I would say something inappropriate with a foreign leader? Meanwhile, the question of what's in the complaint and why it didn't go through the usual channels to make it to Congress and whether it's even a legit thing, those are still TBD. But expect there to be a lot of back and forth on that between the Trump administration and Congress. Coming up, actors in Russia are getting creative after this summer's pro-democracy protests. More on that after the break. So, you like to listen to Skim This on your way home from work, which is great because we love being your commute buddy. But if you're looking for more from the Skim, we've got you covered. Enter the Skim app. It has everything the Skim has to offer, kind of like our one-stop shop. Wake up with the news you need to start your day. Get a five-minute read for your lunch break. Check out our weekly deep dives on everything from marijuana legalization to the student loan crisis. And at 5 p.m. Eastern, listen to that day's episode of Skim This, right on the app. To download, search the Skim, that's with two M's, in your Apple App Store or on Google Play. Happy skimming! Next, let's head now to Russia, where anti-government protesters could be gaining momentum after a pretty cruel summer. Russian opposition parties, basically people who aren't thrilled about President Vladimir Putin's power trip, wanted to compete in Moscow's city council elections this month. 
But in July, election officials in Moscow blocked some top opposition candidates from running, claiming they didn't collect enough signatures to get on the ballot. Thousands of people took to the streets in protest, and that really angered the Russian government. Big-name opposition leader Alexei Navalny was among those arrested after that protest for planning to lead what his spokesperson said were unauthorized demonstrations the following weekend. His arrest and the continued crackdown only made things worse, and protests and arrests went on. One of the people thrown in jail was a young actor named Pavel Ustinov, and on Monday, he was sentenced to more than three years in prison for allegedly dislocating a police officer's shoulder during those protests. A video of Ustinov's arrest appears to show him being tackled by police after just walking through a public square looking at his phone. The judge wouldn't let the video be used as evidence in court, even though it showed that he didn't do anything, which fueled allegations that the case against Ustinov wasn't fair. We should mention, some people say that as protesters are being sent to jail, instances of police using excessive force this summer aren't even being investigated. So tensions over that are already brewing. But Ustinov's sentencing this week sparked a surprisingly large and creative backlash. According to the New York Times, one of Ustinov's actor pals, conveniently named Alexander Pal, posted a video calling on others to join a virtual flash mob in support of the actor. Pretty soon, more and more actors posted their own videos. Alexei Navalny's team is keeping track of all these videos. They say these videos show actors making their case on stage during curtain calls after some recent performances. Today, those clever protests could be paying off. Government prosecutors reportedly now want Ustinov released on bail because of the public outcry. And a Moscow court says, we'll consider it tomorrow. Protesters calling for fair elections in Russia still face major hurdles because it's difficult to get the Russian government to change course on much of anything. But these actors have found a new way to speak out, literally on stage. Today, U.S. and Chinese trade negotiators met up for the first time in nearly two months. And they're just trying to see if they can even be in the same room together. So while we wait for them to figure that out, the trade war continues. And the latest front in this war appears to be about who makes the world's best smartphone. Last week, Apple unveiled its iPhone 11 at a flashy press event. And today, powerful Chinese smartphone maker Huawei had a snazzy launch of its own for its new phone called the Mate 30. The Mate 30's selling points sound pretty familiar. A screen with curved edges and a super slow-mo camera. But Huawei's new phone is missing something thanks to the trade war, Google Apps. Earlier this year, the US basically banned American companies from doing business with Huawei, saying that the company posed a national security risk. And that restriction meant Huawei couldn't work with Google or use its latest Android operating system on new products, meaning no official Google apps like Maps, Gmail, or the Play Store. Huawei admits it could lose $10 billion because of these restrictions. And analysts say the lack of Google apps will make it tough for the Mate 30 to compete with companies like Apple, meaning the smartphone war is on, big time. 
even if the future of the bigger US-China trade war is still murky. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the National Mall. Three years ago, the Washington Monument closed for structural renovations. Today, it finally reopened. The monument is the tallest structure in DC. When it first opened in the 1880s, ambitious visitors could take the monument's 898 steps to the top. Then they added a steam-driven elevator because that's a lot of steps. The catch? Only men were allowed to use it. Women and children had to take the stairs because apparently the elevator was deemed too dangerous for them. Now, everyone can use the elevator because, duh, and the stairs are closed. Because it turns out, walking up the monument stairs can be too dangerous for your health. How do you like that? And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and be sure to hit subscribe. We'd also love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. For more Skim, sign up for our free morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.